Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. This is actually episode number 140, and we welcome you, whether you're watching us live on Twitch, YouTube, or on Facebook. We also are available later on on audio formats on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We definitely welcome your feedback. We want you to like and subscribe so you never miss another episode of this show or the Fantasy Warfare Tournament or even This Week in History, the three shows that we do. But this one is the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We are going to be doing stuff involving the news of the week, review of Royal Rumble, and results that have already happened this past uh, week, including uh, Dynamite, NXT from last night, and also uh, maybe some Raw going in there. But before we get into that, we need to bring in our co-host, which is Stephen O'Neill from Toronto. How are you tonight, Stephen? Oh, I'm just ready to go. It's going to be an episode. I feel it. I was in a really good mood until before we were uh, live and some douchebag on YouTube got me going, and this is its going to be a good start. I feel it. Okay. Well, uh, we do have also Jonesy in the uh, green room. I'm going to bring him in. Uh, he does join us also uh, for Fantasy Warfare Tournament, and uh, Thursdays at noon we do um, the This Week in History. Now, to reference what you were saying, uh, somebody did uh, – make some comments uh, leading into the show, and I'm going to just post them, give uh, this person their 15 minutes of fame, five minutes if uh, less than that, depending on how long you want to rant, but here are some of the lovely comments that our friend has done. What's the point of this show? I responded by saying it's to entertain you. They barfed. They had a comment of, oh, the excitement of the anticipation of uh, Thoreau being entertained. It just warms me up like butter in the nuker. We have applause from our friend. And we have who else is watching? And this person wondering, hello, and we have some more comments along the way, but we want to say hi to Aaron Sisson. And of course, this guy is uh, now spamming a whole bunch of things. But I'm going to give you the floor, Stephen. Hey, handsome Fetus. Show your, grow some balls. Such a different, yeah, I have the balls on my face on a podcast. I fucking think I know who this is, and if it is, I'm going to be so pissed off. Yeah, I have a feeling as well, and I'm not impressed, but, you know, somebody needs to get a hug, and I will open my arms up for that hug. And this is... Those are the couple minutes of fame that I'm giving this person. Hey, hey fuckface. Hey, fuck Grow some balls. If you want to come on here with us, 
we'll send you the fucking link. Grow some motherfucking balls. This is not how you go about shit. That no, this is no. We are grown fucking adults, you motherfucker. Oh, you fucking idiot. I'm in fucking Toronto. I run a business that makes multi-million dollars. I live in a condo worth over a million dollars in downtown Toronto, motherfucker. You, this, I am the wrong motherfucker to come after. You really want to go? Come on. Let's go. Yeah, so if uh, our lovely friend, Handsome Festus, would like a uh, link to join us and make this show more entertaining as they feel that we do not uh, provide the entertainment that uh, he is wanting, please send me a uh, message and I will give you gladly the link to join us at uh, this time. However, we also want to welcome everybody else that has uh, been posting along the way and say hello to Aaron Sisson, who's in uh, Sarnia. Hope you're doing well. We were actually talking about you a little bit ago with the Sarnia show that you uh, put on with Destiny. And so, yeah, we welcome anybody to uh, join us and uh, provide comments. But we are also going to do some uh, Royal Rumble uh, review. I'm going to take Jonesy out because he seems to be stepped away. If he wants in, he can also send me a private message and we'll bring him back in. But Royal Rumble, this uh, past Sunday, uh, it was uh, on the WD Network, scheduled uh, from 7 to 10. It actually went to 11, uh, but that's okay. Five matches in total, including the one on the uh, pre-show. We had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler uh, recapturing the uh, SmackDown, or sorry, not the SmackDown, the WD Women's Tag Team titles from Asuka and Charlotte. And there was uh, interference from Lacey Evans and uh, Ric Flair. Thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I I don't remember who I picked, but I think it's not as a big surprise because I think we all know it's going to be Charlotte and Lacey at Mania. Oscar's got to have a program going into media since she's the Raw Women's Champion. I was kind of hoping the Riot Squad would get the women's title because I think Shayna Baszler should be going after the one of the women's world championships. So I was a little surprised that it was on the pre-show that they did a title switch, but by the same time, all four women were uh, part of the Women's Royal Rumble, so they kind of needed to get that over and done with. I think, if I recall right, last week you chose uh, Asuka and Charlotte to retain, but I had chosen the uh, titles to go over, but not for the fact of them being long-term. I think they're uh, that Nia and Shayna are just going to be transitional champions for another team, and then they can go singles, whether against each other or for Asuka's uh, championship. So that was on the pre-show. Uh, we, they had Pete Rosenberg uh, along with uh, JBL, I believe, was on it. And I'm not sure it was Booker as well, uh, part of that. But then uh, the main show opened up with uh, Drew McIntyre beating Go Bill Goldberg. It uh, started off with a brawl before the bell even rang. Then finally the bell rang, and two and a half minutes later, 
Drew McIntyre is still the WWE champion. Did they do it right finally? Or this is where I'm torn because I really think they did it. Keeping the belt on Drew McIntyre was the right move. I think how quickly it was, if there was fans, would would have been much better. But having a match with Goldberg and he's in his 50s, he couldn't go 20, 25 minutes and it be any sort of good match. So, I mean, I was surprised how quickly that it was only two. Um I was surprised it was only two and a half minutes, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, and you were mentioning he's in his 50s. He's 54 years old and would have been the oldest WWE champion had he actually taken it. That title still belongs to Vince McMahon, the owner of the company. Uh, so that was that. Uh, then there was another title match. Sh uh, Sasha Banks uh, defending her title against Carmella. Carmella had... Um, Reginald that ringside with her and Carmella ended up tapping out to the bank statement and Sasha is your uh, Smackdown women's champion still. That doesn't surprise me. I don't think um, Carmella, she's improved greatly, but I don't think she's ready to be one of the co-main events into a WrestleMania as a women's women's world champion. I mean, I, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks would be amazing. Bianca Belair versus uh, Oscar would be amazing. If Bianca Belair versus Carmella just wouldn't, I don't think it would live up to where it should be. Yeah, and that was what I was going to end up mentioning that. Uh, Sasha retaining definitely plays, I think, a really big role in the fact that uh, Bianca ended up winning the Women's Royal Rumble, which was the uh, next match up. Uh, she ended up coming in number three. Uh, the surprises of the evening included Jillian Hall. Uh, she was teaming up uh, with uh, what's it, Billy Kay. Billy Kay was trying to get somebody to be with her, but then Billy Kay ended up with too many friends. Uh, by the time things were in there. So it was a little comedy to that part. Victoria was a uh, surprise. I didn't think, personally, that she looked as good uh, just ring-wise than she normally did. Something well, was, seemed off with her, and she seemed stiff. It's been at least two years since she's wrestled, and she would have been nervous. I hope that she gets a run... Uh, the female version of uh, MVP nice. this year. Because I think back in the day, she was ahead of her time. Being like, I would love to see her in her prime against the women uh, of today in their prime. Because I think her and Charlotte, her and Bailey, her and Sasha, her and Rhea, pick and choose. It would be amazing. Uh, so I do hope that she gets. Um, a little run. Yeah, same I think, here. Uh, I think with her getting up, if she could get a little more ring time and under her, her belt, I think she would go back to the old Victoria. 
It'd be also nice with the fact that they uh, unfortunately let go of Serena Deeb uh, from her uh, job down in NXT. And Serena's done great for herself uh, becoming the, uh, the NWA champion and being on AEW and outstanding matches that way. But maybe Victoria could fill that hole that they lost with Serena Deeb down in NXT and bounce back and forth, uh, be on the main roster as well. Also, uh, kind of, sorry, I kind of figured out why they don't want them really bouncing back and forth right now. Because you can just see the the potential for a COVID outbreak. Oh yeah, I was surprised that they even had uh, NXT uh, women in this match. Um, other people that were surprises were Tori Wilson and the legend herself, Alicia Fox. And Alicia was uh, involved with the comedy angle with uh, the 24-7 title and R-Truth and winning the uh, 24-7 belt and all this other stuff. So Alicia served her purpose that way. Uh, NXT stars, as I said, that got brought in were Shotzi Blackheart, Tony Storm, Santana Garrett, who's one of the trainers, uh, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, and Amber Moon. So surprisingly, they brought in some of the women, but they needed 30 spots to fill. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a few that I wish we would have had that obviously weren't. I mean, I would have loved to see. I really thought Tessa. I thought for sure Tessa was going to make her WWE debut. But, I mean, with COVID, it's tough to add a lot of women in. Because you, you can't really, like, how are you going to add them and not run the risk of an outbreak? So, Exactly. I mean, and how many uh, surprises do you waste on a show that doesn't have any people live? Uh, if Tessa's going to come, maybe they wait till WrestleMania and have her attack one of the uh, champions or be seen at ringside, something. Uh, to introduce her with fans present. See, and I'm now thinking if she's coming, it's going to be the night after WrestleMania. Because that's like, I don't see it being at WrestleMania unless you can advertise her. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, and I don't know. It's uh, just really trying times. Uh, how often, like I said just a moment ago, how long do you hold off and do stuff when don't do anything? Because even in the Men's Royal Rumble, there was a couple surprises that might have been better for uh, an actual event. But after the Women's Royal Rumble, uh, well, just to uh, tie that one up, yeah, the ending came with Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, and Bianca Belair. They got rid of Charlotte. Then they had a couple more minutes of facing each other, and that's going to be a great match if they ever uh, do it again. There's a lot of uh, people posting the fact that Bianca's feet touched when they did that spot before going back into the ring to face each other. I don't know if the w- uh, WWE is going to embrace that, and sort of do what they did with The Rock and uh, Big Show. Uh, 
type deal. They could easily have Rhea against Bianca at the next pay-per-view and then give it to Bianca still and solve all that uh, sort of mystery uh, that way. And Or they just continue to ignore it and Bianca won. So they have avenues. I would embrace it. I think it's the perfect opportunity to make another star. Because now you can make Rhea Ripley a heel if you wanted to and say you were, she was screwed, blah, blah, blah. Because she was, um, she, she's the rightful winner. So that sets up an Oscar potential. Yeah. And it builds her up that way as well. Like get, even though in a loss, she still gets Oscar like, and she could dominate that or somehow Charlotte and Oscar uh, trade the belt and uh, you get a rematch of uh, Rhea and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Yeah, I would say that you're probably looking at Rhea or um, Charlotte Lacey. I think Lacey Evans is a, an amazing talent that's underutilized. I mean, I think she's a lot better than what people give her credit for. I don't necessarily like the sassy Southern Belle gimmick. Uh, they could really play up her military Yeah. But I also, yeah, I think the sassy Southern, the sassy Southern Belle could work, but it just, I don't know. There's something missing from that gimmick. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so, yeah, B uh, Bianca Belair is your winner. Uh, the next match was Roman Reigns against uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, they uh, were last man standing, battled all over the uh, arena or stadium, should I say, and went to the back area. We got kind of, a, as people were saying, a redo of uh, Stadium Stampede or something like that from AEW when Roman took out Kevin Owens with a golf cart and uh, Kevin Owens jumped off a uh, forklift uh, from a pallet. Uh, but, you know, that's happened in other events as well. But then they ended up uh, going back out to the arena part and or the Thunderdome and got locked up. And unfortunately, this is where they have to stop using real handcuffs because... Oh, they yeah. And the referee had to stop. And instead of just going with the flow and counting Roman down and making it up this Friday, giving it back to Roman, right? How they did with uh, Kane uh, beating Stone Cold Steve Austin on the first blood match and switching it back the next night, they stopped the count. And I think if it weren't for that moment, that was a really great match. Uh, Roman is uh, retaining and will face, rumor has it, Edge at WrestleMania. Um, I really think, well, Jim Cornette was explaining in his review of the, um, the Royal Rumble on what they should have done is had the, um, the keyhole up instead of down or something. So yeah, that, there's 
the, I thought the match was actually really good for a last man standing match. I mean, that did take me out of it a little bit. I mean, I would have much rather seen them just count. And you have, what, two pay-per-views between uh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania? Yeah, because there's uh, on the 21st of this month is going to be Elimination Chamber. And then a couple of weeks later, it's going to be Fastlane, which is the first uh, pay-per-view or special event that's going to be on the Peacock Network. So that, yeah. uh, that's where they're going to go big on that one. So you could have had at Elimination Chamber a rematch. I mean, I probably wouldn't have done it this Friday on SmackDown. You could, I would have dragged out to the next pay-per-view, um, especially if Edge is going to go after the SmackDown champion anyways. You could have done a take, have Roman win it at Elimination Chamber. There's lots of things you could have done. Yeah, and that uh, that led to the next match being the Men's Royal Rumble, and Edge and Randy Orton started at the beginning, and the, Randy Orton pulled a Vince McMahon 1999 spot uh, by getting pulled from it and coming back. Other uh, notable surprises were Carlito, which I thought was going to happen, Kane, Hurricane Helms, Christian, who uh, got uh, clearance just recently, and that made for an awesome moment where Edge and Christian reunited and had a hug. And Damian Priest was the only male uh, brought up from NXT, and it looks like he's staying on the uh, main roster over on Raw. I mean, there's um, be interested to see what they do with how often is Christian going to be used? Hurricane Helms, I'm assuming he was there because he's isn't he's a producer for them, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. He was there. You don't have to bring someone in with potential COVID risk. Carlito looks like he's going to be a wrestler slash producer like MVP. So, I was a little surprised about Kane. But if you want well, to... His spot, his spot also was a way of keeping his somewhat... Uh, Numbers alive with how many he's been in, including as Isaac Yankum and um, fake Diesel uh, characters. He added two more eliminations, but I think the most important part of his brief time in the match was his interaction with Damian Priest. Yeah, I mean, I think... <sighs> You could have set Damian Priest up a lot better. I mean, he looked like a superstar in there with him. With a lot of those. Uh, I mean, I think. Could you be. Could they. They could have done a little more to make Damian Priest look like a absolute monster. I Obviously, we all know where that's going from the Monday Night Raw. But, I mean. It's not the way I would have went. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, Kem Valley. Do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guy. very much, Kem Valley. Um, though I will give some props uh, to our friend. Uh, he is wanting to chant for everything pro wrestling, EPW. And I thanked him for his support of our friend Conrad uh, Cushman over in uh, Buffalo and EPW. And he has a uh, great show as well. So I'm glad you watch other uh, podcasts and support them. Hopefully you're not as rude to Conrad as you are to us. So, yeah, um, as we saw that uh, Edge ended up winning the uh, Royal Rumble from the number one spot. Surprisingly, not uh, Dana Bryan, but... You know, Edge also had made a good case for himself, being the fact that he wants the title he never lost. So are you uh, good with the fact that Edge ended up winning? Are you disappointed that Dana Bryan or somebody else didn't win? Um, I'm okay with it since Edge has openly said since he won it, he's not going to be a show up for one week and then not, not be around for eight weeks. I think he – I mean – he was on Raw. He was on NXT that we'll, we'll talk about shortly. He's going to be on SmackDown. If he, I, There's no way he's going to do three shows a week. But First week out of the shoot, not so bad for somebody who people are worried is going to be a part-time person. Yeah, and I can see him doing one or two shows a week. You could have... You could have him do vignettes or backstage taped and have him on all three shows. I mean, I think very shortly we will find out which title he's going for and you'll specifically see him on that show, which I'm perfectly okay with. Yeah, and I was going to say that's probably going to be until he makes his official pick. Uh he can rotate between them, and then uh, you'll see him concentrated on that one show leading into WrestleMania. So that was our uh, look back at uh, the Royal Rumble that happened this past Sunday. You can always watch replays on WWE Network and uh, enjoy it a second time if you uh, want to see uh, things that you didn't catch the first time, or you know you just love uh, Royal Rumbles like I watched ten over the last weekend including this past weekend, just to look, my love of uh, Raw Rumble and seeing the different eras. So if you have time, because I know you listen to the drive. Have you listened to the drive through Jim Cornette's review? I did the, yeah, hear the drive through. It was uh, good. Well, try to do a watch along while he's talking about the, sh the shows. It's actually the Raw Rumble one is kind of on point. Yeah, well, he does. Uh, skip through the women's Royal Rumbles and stuff like that, but I mean, yeah, I don't agree with that all the time. I mean, I would, I don't think some women's wrestling, some, I'm going to say some, say this again, some is bad. Most, again, most, most is actually worth watching. I don't want people to say Steven said that women's wrestling is bad. Some of it is. Most is not. Yeah. 
And there's certain organizations that can pull off women's wrestling and some who can't. And even yeah. the ones that can, there's some that should not have sure. certain women on the roster that because yeah, it brings them down. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in a high spot of women's wrestling right now. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see where the two big women free agent wrestlers land. Tessa Blanchard. Uh, uh, I, I would guess Ty is for sure going to the WWE to be with her husband. One would hope. That's, I, it all comes down though to this. Let's get real. Yeah. I would I would assume that she's not going to go to NXT. I would assume that she's right. Her and Tessa would be, to me, right on the main roster. I don't think either of them make a stop in NXT. Would you? No, but at the same time, with them going against AEW, you could put them on there for a at least a year and then bring them up. Uh, my thing is... They don't. The thing is, they don't need it. I would say they're going to be there maybe three months. Just to, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do with Io Shirai after WrestleMania. I feel like it's time after WrestleMania to move her up to the main roster, but they may not because who is who's your women your face your women's division in NXT then Shotzi and Dakota Kai maybe the, I know it, it, it's, a little, it's a little hard at the moment you guys yeah Tony you, Storm I guess Tony Storm yeah Mercedes but I mean Martin. yeah if you, it's a, I'm interested to see what they do at and the takeover, but I, I don't know. We'll see. So let's move on to some uh, news notes. Um, Lars Sullivan uh, has quietly been released from WWE. Um, I guess a lot of anxiety uh, performing in front of people has uh, gotten the best or worst of him, and uh, that's why he has been at Maybe he asked for a release. Of course, he got uh, dogged by a lot of issues, uh, whether it was racism, his uh, former porn. He he no showed. He no showed a bunch of times, but I no, guess recently was... in October, this October, yeah. November, he just didn't show up, and they were that was the, the end of it. Struggle. Yeah, and he's uh, yeah claiming uh, anxiety and stuff like that, and that was one of the other reasons why he was taken off before. And so it looks like he's uh, totally getting out of the wrestling business. God only knows where he's going to show up next. If he's going to get into acting, but if he had stage fright just being in a ring, where does that uh, let him go? Anywhere else? I don't expect to see him again movies or anything i just out of the total spotlight yeah 
Uh, we mentioned also uh, just a moment ago that Edge is uh, looking to do full-time and stuff like that. He uh, was doing an interview where he was so excited with all the people he encountered during that Royal Rumble because he was in it from start to finish. And there's hardly anybody, I don't, maybe a very, very small handful, if you have like three fingers, uh, of people that were there when he was last active. And so all the new people that are there since then, like Seth Rollins, Dana Bryan, AJ Styles, uh, Cesaro, Damian Priest, and stuff like that, there's so many dream matches uh, for him to uh, now come back to and not have to go against Randy Orton all the time. Uh, anything you're looking forward to as far as future uh, matchups for Edge? <sighs> I would normally say Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles. My only concern with both of those, AJ Styles, it's more of a... <laughs> oh, we're leaving that one alone. Um, my concern is is if you put um, him in with an AJ Styles, AJ Styles is a lot... Um, how do I put this? It's a lot more high impact. I back in the day, I think Edge would would be amazing at it. Right now, I I don't. I I would say no. I would like to see him. I mean, who would I? I know you mentioned that he was uh, interested in maybe an Iron Man match or something with Dana Bryan. I mean, that would be great, both with neck injury history. They both can work. I think that would be a match I would pay to see. They know how to protect each other. I mean, I think AJ Styles would be amazing, as long as AJ's willing to tone back a few of the – like, you'd have to automatically take out the Styles clash. I mean, he doesn't do it a lot, but right away you can just take that out and – um, I'm trying to think. I would. I I don't want to see him face Drew McIntyre. I just that just doesn't appeal to me. I think Matt Riddle. I think Riddle would be a match if Riddle's willing to work a little different. Um. What about the potential matchup that we're going to see at WrestleMania with uh, Roman against Edge, Spear versus Spear? I'm actually, out of the two, that's the best choice for Edge, but I'm not actually that excited um, unless they're going to somehow build it a family versus family. So if you're going to have Christian in Edge's corner, and someone else in Edge's corner with Paul Heyman, like, and then have the Samoan dynasty on the one side and Edge with the country of Canada. Well, no, but I'm thinking Christian, and then you can make another star with um, there. You can make another star. Yeah. So moving on from Edge, uh, Aaron brings up a good question, and I was going to ask about Christian, 
But Carlito, how long will he last? Uh, rumor has it he has like a three-week trial because uh, MVP helped him get uh, basically the job. He's going to be an agent, uh, and it's highly expected that he's going to go beyond his three weeks. Um, and I've always wanted him uh, to be the 2021 version of what MVP was to 2020. Does he, this happen? Does Carlito have the motivation to do it this time? He's definitely done the motivation to get into shape. Because Oh, yeah, he looked, he looked amazing. I, I had to stop and go back, and I don't ever remember him in that good of shape. Um, to me, I think Carlito will be the 2021 MVP on the men's side. Um, I think, and this is just me, I would really hope to see him in an, an MVP-style role, but on the SmackDown roster, because you don't need a, a hurt business to hurt. I'm going to call them Hurt Business Part 2 on both Raw. I think Carlito have him on SmackDown. You've got to have a tag team. There's no doubt Carlito can talk. So I think you put him – there's got to be a tag team that you could put him with. And I think they have something there. Yeah, Hell, him in, him in, um, he also could be on NXT and have you want to have a, a star? Like, if you're going to do, say, after WrestleMania, a big roster, some Jacob. of your stars coming up, come on NXT. I think he would be great with some of the young talent. I think there's a lot of talent that need. Someone, I mean, there's going to be a spot for him. I think wherever it is on whatever roster or brand, it's going to be great. And so what about Christian? I don't see him being full-time. I would see him. I think you will see him wherever, whatever brand Edge ends up on, Christian will be on. And I really think it's going to be not a ton of wrestling for matches. I think makes sense to try to keep them onto like the big four pay-per-views. Um, maybe the odd match on TV, but you don't want him. I mean, I know he got cleared, but you also don't want to run the risk, right? Right. That's, that's my opinion. I mean, I would put him maybe in the corner of edge, maybe with something else. I don't like, he's never, I don't see him in the WWE as a world champion, but if he's going to go after say the intercontinental champion on SmackDown, I'd be okay. Good. So, well, so wait and see what happens uh, with uh, all these uh, returns and how they, Hopefully don't hold down some of the newer talent because that Royal Rumble, uh, there was only two guys under the age of 30 in it. Uh, average age, I think, was like 36 uh, for that Royal Rumble. But moving on, John Cena uh, said that he's not going to be able to be part of WrestleMania after all this year because he's uh, filming his uh, DC Comics uh, show 
for yeah, was HBO Max or something like that. And uh, he's doing it here in Canada. And for him to come into uh, the States to do that in Florida, to return, he'd have to quarantine for another 14 days. They're supposed to be there until July or something, uh, filming all these episodes. So it would be a huge hindrance to the rest of the cast and crew if you were to take four, uh, 14 days off just to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're in Vancouver doing the, the shoot. Do I see them being somehow involved? Yes. Whether that's uh, some sort of vignette or something, some sort of video. I think, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't need a ton of old superstars. WWE needs to make this generation superstars. Yeah, you've got Damian Priest, um, Drew McIntyre. I still think Sheamus has a ton of untapped potential. Cesaro. That's another person I would love to see Edge take on. Um, I know AJ Styles is older, but I still think he's got main event potential. You've got, I think, Bobby Lashley with MVP. If you put the world title on him and let MVP do the talking, I think that's money. You've got Roman Reigns, who, yes, is a superstar, but hasn't taken that next step. And I think... With Paul Heyman, he's taking that next step. Seth Rollins. So many so it's time. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the Retribution um, storyline, but I think uh, Donovan, Donovan Divakovich is a superstar. Once they able to get that off him, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens when they repackage him as himself, potentially. Um, the Young Rock debuts Tuesday, February 16th. It's going to be on City TV here in Canada and NBC in the United States. Um, the description of the show is, as Dwayne Johnson runs for president in 2032, is this foreshadowing what's actually going to happen in 2032? Will he actually run? But he takes a comedic look back at his extraordinary life through the outrageous stories of his family and uh, youth that shaped him into the man he is today. He explores his childhood years living amid influential wrestling icons while his dad rose to fame in the business. His rebellious teenage years attending high school in Pennsylvania and his football years uh, teamed up with powerhouse players at the University of Miami. In his uh, telling, Johnson explains that while his experiences have been larger than life, he remains a down-to-earth guy who still relates to the American people. Now, this is supposed to take place in three different eras, so they got three different actors to play The Rock at the three different ages, and it's going to be a comedy uh, version of his life. Uh, I'm guessing on the lines of uh, Everybody Loves Chris, or Everybody Hates Chris, should I say, uh, the Chris Rock uh, show that they did, except for this is going to obviously have the wrestling tones. Uh I'm interested to see how many former uh, talent are either brought in or 
what actors are hired to portray uh, the former wrestlers that worked with Rocky Johnson and even uh, Dwayne, depending on how far they go into his career that way. But it's uh, half-hour comedy, Tuesday nights it uh, looks like. So are you interested in this show? No. I saw I saw the the preview for it. The and no, the it will be one of those shows that I will read the what happened in it, and if it seems to catch my, it won't be something I watch. Watch, it'll be occasionally, but not because I think it's on what like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday evenings is going to be, and it's not going to be must-see TV. Uh, I guess that's the upside with uh, on-demand. You can catch up on it if you if something uh, comes up. It might be more for the casual fan more so than uh, the current you know, fans of wrestling. Yeah, I don't know. I the it's just not something that I know. No, hard pass on that one. Yeah, all good. Uh, former WWE star Tyler Rex, who worked on the uh, uh, ECW version of WWE and then made it to, I think, SmackDown and teamed with, uh, uh, what's his name from the, the Major Brothers? Um, Kurt Hawkins. Was it Kurt Hawkins? Yeah, or yeah was it was Zach Kurt Hawkins. Kurt they were a tag team for a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, didn't go far. I was a fan of uh, Tyler Rex. I liked his uh, look. But apparently, he's going to be on Extra uh, tomorrow uh, with Billy Bush because Gabe Tuff, which is his real name, is now Gabby Tuff and is now transgender and going by she. Um Totally different look, obviously, uh, going transgender, uh, become uh, doing female. And I guess there's talk that as a child dressed in his mother's clothes, but uh, his wife or her wife uh, encouraged the change to be more comfortable with itself. As, so, an, as, an, as an openly gay man, all the power to you. Yep. Congratulations. Thanks. Gabby, yeah. and uh, as long as you're happy, yeah. Uh, but uh, tomorrow on Extra, uh, you can check that out. There's an interview of, you know, especially from somebody coming from the wrestling world and that happening. You well, know, could be anybody. Uh, Drew McIntyre is working on a memoir to be released later this year. Uh, Chosen Destiny is going to be released on May 4th, and uh, it's going to cover his childhood. Uh, wrestling in Scotland and his uh, ups and downs of working in the WWE. Sasha Banks is going to be the uh, the next guest on the Broken Skull Sessions, and uh, that's coming up soon on the WWE Network. Uh, Bailey was uh, the last one, so the other half of uh, the Boston Hug Connection. Uh, let's see, Greg Gagne. Here's a uh, one that I found today. Greg Gagne, after 35 years. Only now heard that Iron Sheik was telling a story about Vern Gagne contacting him to break Hogan's leg, not uh, drop the title uh, to him at Madison Square Gardens, and hightail it to the AWA with the belt for a hundred grand. 
Now, after 35 years, this miraculously comes across Greg Gagne's uh, desktop or however he f discovers it and claims that it is uh, not real that Vern didn't do it. Who do you believe more, Greg Gagne or Iron Sheik? In this instance, I'm going to sound Iron Sheik because there's no way Greg Gagne never heard about this. In 35 years. And it seems more plausible. Like Somebody's like, oh, you know, Iron Sheik is uh, making it fake because he hates Hulk Hogan. Uh, and still to this day, hates Hogan on uh, social media. His social media is uh, done by two guys who basically handle Iron Sheik uh, social media. So that's all still fake, uh, basically. And that's keeping the persona alive. But Sheik was telling the story long before he had anybody handling him. And I don't see any reason to say this was a fake thing or make it no, up a lie. No. Greg Gagne. I bought a piece of news that just broke. Okay. Go for it. If you're done. Um. Uh, Mia Yim has COVID. Keith Lee uh, has not been around, so uh, either he's quarantining for his own safety or and to be with her, or he uh, might have gotten COVID as well, but they haven't revealed that. And my final thing was about uh, Christian getting cleared, and we talked about that. So, yeah, we're good. So WWE announced they've released Steve Cutler. Uh, most recently, he uh, as of December, he's part of Baron Corbin's Knights of the Lone Wolf, um, but hasn't been used lately. So he got future endeavored um, within the last. Well, I just read it. So within the last recently, he was the, so from, the from the time we started the show till now. He got it. Just was just came out. So maybe that's why we haven't seen that tag team uh, with uh, Baron Corbin uh, after they. Brought him. I thought for a moment Steve Cutler was uh, the one that was with uh, Elias, but that's no, that's Jason Riker. Riker, yeah, that's the one that was in um, TNA as Gunner. Yeah, which I think he's got a ton of untapped potential as well. Um, yep. Something else: why we haven't seen uh, AEW's World Women's World Champion. Uh, Shida, she's been in Japan producing the AEW Women's Japan side of their Eliminator tournament. Yeah, so that was announced uh, the uh, last night that it's going to be a Japanese side and a U.S. side. Uh, you want to quickly give us uh, results from uh, Dynamite? Yeah, these I'm not going to rank them one and two because actually I thought both shows were good. Um, I'm going to start with NXT, but because AEW had something at the end that I want to talk about. Um, show opens with the semifinal match of the Women's World Dusty Tag Team Champion, Team Ninja versus Dakota Kai and Ra Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez, in about a year from now, is going to be a superstar. So is da Dakota Kai. They win. Um, Tony Storm's in the back with Mercedes Martinez talking about the triple threat takeover match. Leon Roth versus Austin Theory. Uh, Austin Theory will be a future world champion. He is the next big star, I think. Um, Theory wins. 
then there's a weird vignette uh, with the um, Zia Lee and Boa uh, lady. I'm not really sure how I feel yet, so I'm, I'll give it a little bit more time. Men's this road uh, quarterfinals: Lucha House Party versus Lijo de Fantasma. Uh, Lijo de del Fantasma wins. They're taking on MSK next week, which should be a hell of a match. Uh, Pete Dunn and Finn Balor go face to face. This is when Ed shows up. Um, he made a really interesting comment. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the show yet, but uh, Edge takes the mic and says it feels good. He says a lot of times W puts the focus on E, but in NXT they, uh, the focus is on the second W, so wrestling. So it was very interesting. Um, at NXT TakeOver, it's going to be Pete Dunn versus Finn Balor. Um uh, Tony Storm wins a match, or sorry, lost by disqualification to Jesse uh, Kamen because uh, basically uh, Mercedes Martinez and Io Shirai come. Um, we see Kurt Stallion, which I versus Sant Santos Escobar. He he start Kurt Stallion starting to grow on me. Uh, Escobar wins. Um, we then have. And this is will be very interesting. Edgevert and Karrion Cross uh, run into each other and cut uh, promos. So I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. Um, uh, Undisputed Era versus Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher in the quarterfinals for the Dusty Rhodes men's side. It's a very good match. Um, Champa and Thatcher win, which I considered a little bit of an upset. They're taking on the grizz uh, grizzled young veterans next uh, in the semifinals. Very interesting. Now, AEW. Well, just before you get to uh, AEW, um, just to give an update, though, because of everything that happened uh, last night on NXT, uh, there's five matches uh, lined up for NXT, which now has... Uh, Vengeance Day as the tagline because it's happening, the takeover is happening on Valentine's Day. So the total opposite is Vengeance Day. Uh, that's happening February 14th. Io Shirai is going to defend her women's uh, championship against Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez in a triple threat match. You're going to see the uh, finals of the Women's Dusty Rhodes Classic, which they have the winner of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on. Or, or Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, the winner of that match, will take on The Way, which is Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. MSK and uh, Legredo del Fantasma will take on uh, each other, and the winner of that match will face the winner of Champa Thatcher and Grizzly Young Veterans. And so that will be the final of the men's uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic so they got one more week of uh, all three of those matches happening next Wednesday, I would imagine, if uh, they don't put anything on 205 Live. So Wednesday's going to be stacked with those three matches. Then Finn Balor is uh, defending the NXT title against Pete Dunne, and Johnny Gargano is defending the North American title against Kushida. And that's all on NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. All right. 
AEW. So it starts with the tag team battle royal. Winner receives the title shot at AEW Revolution. Um, a lot of the teams were already out there. Then a couple of them got their entrances, including the Young Twinks, um, Top Flight. Uh, no, not Top Flight. The Acclaim, the Inner Circle. There was a lot. Um, I was not a big fan of this um, Battle Royal for lots of reasons. Chris Jericho and MJF win. They receive a title match at Revolution. I really think that they could have got there the same way without the stupid Battle Royal. Um, yeah, it's, all those eliminations happened like in 11 minutes. And it was, I think, 10 teams in total uh, that yeah. were in there. And unlike WWE uh, Battle Royals with the uh, tag teams, each individual had to be eliminated as opposed to you go, if you're gone, your partner has to go with you. So 11, 19 people got eliminated in 11 minutes. Yeah, there was, yeah, it wasn't, I, I wasn't a fan of that. I think they could have got there a different way. I also am disappointed and I understand why they pulled FTR out because you couldn't have FTR necessarily lose and Jericho and MJF win. I'm really hoping that Jericho and M MJF don't win the, the titles and I'm hoping this is where MJF turns, but I'm not sure. Um, then actually a pretty good package for Jade Cargill working out at the gym. It's probably one of the better packages I've seen on AEW. Shivani then brings out Darby Allen and Sting. They get not even two words and it's Taz sets up next week and it's going to be, um, Darby Allen versus Joey Janelle for the TNT title. No, the, Whatever. I'm really um, bored with the, the whole Sting and Darby Allen thing. Like it's not special. They get maybe one or two words out, and they've overplayed their Sting card. I think. Oh, already, and that's. I think it's only going to get worse. Um, I would say one of the better female matches I've seen on AEW in the probably it would rank in the top two or three match female matches I've seen in AEW ever, and I think this is probably one of the best in a, at least the last year. Britt Baker ver with uh, Rebel versus um, Thunder Rosa. I actually think Thunder Rosa helped make Britt Baker look a hundred times better than she is. Um, I mean, I think she's got the world of talent. I still think she needs a lot more um, seasoning. Um, but Thunder Rosa made her look like a superstar. Um, Britt Baker wins by rest stoppage because uh, Rebel pulled the middle turnbuckle. They botched the um, flatline into the turnbuckle, but it was actually a really good match. Um, Hangman Page and Matt Hardy versus Chaos Project because Matt Hardy convinced Hangman Page uh, to tag together because Chaos Project ruined Negative One's birthday. <sighs> Dumb Hangman Page and Hardy win. Then they go over the the February Women's Elimination Turn Eliminator Tournament. 
Um, it's taking place in USA and Japan. So I assume they're taping matches in Japan to be aired on uh, Dynamite. I'm not 100% sure they didn't really say. So you've got Aja on the J Japanese side. You've got Aja Kong, who has been around forever. Um, Yuka uh, Sakurai, who I think we've seen. Uh, Veni, who I've never seen or heard. Emi Sakura, who we've seen. Rihu Minazumi, or whatever. I've never seen her. Mia something, someone else, someone else. They all kind of look the same. Didn't I think Aja Kong, uh, Emi Sakura, and Yuka Sakazawi are the, th I would say, the three favorites. Um, on the US side, you got Serena Deebs, uh, Riho. Britt Baker, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and the midget Leela Hirsch. I'm just confused uh, that Rio is on the U.S. side. It's because she's come, I think she's already here in the U.S., and now she's quarantining. So I assume she, they want her on the U.S. side so she can be actually on Dynamite more than, we haven't seen her since March, I don't think. So it's, I think, the, which I'm okay with. I would assume Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazari, or Emi Sakura are going to win the women, the Japanese side. So from how I get this, the the winner of the Japanese side will face the winner of the U.S. side. So uh, MJF and uh, Marvez talks with MJF and Chris Jericho, and then Sammy walks out. Um, then the wedding, and I'm not going to talk about that. That's I'm not going to hurt my soul. Um, it was a whole lot of nothing for no reason, and James Mitchell was the guy presiding over it. I would have been worried if I was uh, uh, part of that wedding, considering the last wedding he did, uh, somebody got shot at. Well, I read that that was actually their official wedding ceremony. That's how all their family, they were married earlier either that day or the day before, but that was their actual wedding ceremony. So that's why there was nothing during the ceremony. All the nonsense happened after and it was dumb. Um, Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Cody and Red Velvet goes down March 3rd, which I'm assuming that's their pay-per-view. No, that's actually uh, the uh, uh, Dynamite four days before the... Uh, AEW Revolution pay-per-view, which is going to be on the Sunday, the 7th. Uh, it's probably because of uh, Shaq and TNT and the basketball thing. Uh, I guess you get free eyes on the product. That's the upside. Then hopefully get them hooked to go to a pay-per-view. No, that dumb. Dumb. Okay, so now we have the Lumberjack match. Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. Hard-hitting. Bear Country got involved, and they're starting to be on dark. They've been on dark the last three or four weeks. So, I mean, we I know we both saw them, Our my last live event before COVID. I think it was your last live event as well. Yep. You're in Toronto for Smash, and we both were super impressed. Um, I mean, I believe that 
they have something. I don't know if they're signed, but they were shown. So I'm thinking something. Right. At the same get... time, um, how many tag teams can AEW support? They got Nearly... already. They got already eleven uh, ish, if you count all the uh, teams that were in that battle royal plus FTR. Uh, now Bear Country, so that's a dozen already. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I would. I'm just happy to see Bear Country. They they have talent. Uh, I hope that they if they've signed, I hope they get shown because I think they have something. Yeah, I, I, it's a unique something. They're both big guys who can move, and I know we both were impressed by them seeing them live. Yeah, and surprisingly enough, somebody who didn't get signed, it looks like, by AEW, uh, just as a segue, uh, you told me uh, WD trademarked a name of somebody yeah. who was on AEW Dynamite and Dark and showed up uh, last week on NXT. Yeah, this Dante Rios. I, I don't know if any of us know who he is, but that name was trademarked. So I'm assuming we might not see Mr. Rick Deathmore in uh, Ontario, at least for any of the promotions we would see him. Um, yeah, we'll get there, Chad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would think, and I'm happy if he got signed. I think he's got immense talent. I also hope a guy like Kevin Blackwood gets signed. I think he's got, he's unique. He's got a unique look. Um, there's lots. We'll go over that, but because we well, could go on forever. Part of the uh, lumberjacks. <laughs> yeah, but then they read um, Bear Country got involved, put Blade through a table, and then Archer hit a full nail slam. Then FTR kidnapped um, the midget. Um, Marco next Marco. week. Yeah, I don't really get it. Uh, Darby Allen versus so next week Darby Allen versus Joey Janela with Sunny Kiss for the AWTNT Championship. Chris Jericho and MJF with L Wardlow versus the Acclaimed, which is two heel tag teams. Don't get it. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson with Arn Anderson versus Pretty, Pretty Pete Avalon and Cesar Bono. I had to look him up. I guess he was in uh, NXT at some point. Not really sure. Uh, Joey Janela should never talk because he he does not sound good. Uh, main event time: Good Brothers and Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, Hawk, and Ray Phoenix. This and J Don Callis was on commentary. I actually think the match was really well done. They let Phoenix and Pac do some flying, but it wasn't a gymnastics routine, which I liked. They also kept it in the ring for the most part. Um, the uh, font of finale the match Phoenix looked to fly but eats a uh, spine buster by Anderson uh, Phoenix takes a magic killer Omega with a V trigger to Pac as Gallows covered um, Phoenix and got the one two three post match this is where things get a little more interesting post match the group stomps away on Phoenix Moxley gets the ring but is dropped Lance Archer's music hit which surprised me uh, he clears out Anderson and Gallows. Moxley and Omega are in the ring. And from behind, someone runs in. 
Moxley is blinded. And Kenta, yes, Kenta from New Japan. He's the number one contender for Moxley's IWGP US Championship. Hit the go to sleep. Omega smiling. Kenta heads out of the ring, and that's where we go off the air. I messaged you. Right as it happened. Right away. And I was like, oh my God, fucking Kenta. And I told you you had to go watch it. What did you think? Yeah, I ended up uh, seeing it. Uh, it kind of makes sense that that happened uh, since uh, Moxley ended up uh, showing up at the end of a Kenta match, and they're setting up for uh, that uh, match between them for the uh, New Japan US Championship. Uh, so AEW, once again, working with a uh, another company, at least in the short term. Uh, yeah. Plus, uh, Kenta is a former member of uh, the Bullet Club or current member over He's in Japan. Member. Yeah, current member over in Japan. And uh, did you see the post-match uh, thing with Kenny and uh, Kenta? Yeah, I watched it this morning. Yeah, um, I want to be friends. Uh, Kenny wants to be friends with Kenta. Kenta's like, go away. You know, I'm going to keep it clean. Um and he has wants nothing to do with Omega. He's just there for uh, Moxley. But Omega is uh, suggesting a tag team match lights out next week on Dynamite with Kenta and uh, Kenny teaming together to go against Moxley and Archer. So it was announced on a uh, AEW's Twitter or something. It's Kenta and Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and Lar uh, Lance Archer. And then no, no yeah, not really sure how I feel, but, but this is a short-term deal. Um, basically, it allows AEW signed a short-term deal with uh, New Japan to let Oma Moxley wrestle on their show, Kenta to show up, obviously have a match, M Moxley versus Kenta for the New Japan uh, U.S. Championship is February 26th. I don't see this being a long-term thing. Um, I know you don't follow New Japan. I know I know you don't follow New Japan that often or that much, but the Samoans, the Gorillas of Destiny, they tend. I don't know if you follow them on Twitter. It's a good follow because they rip the shit out of Young Twinks and uh, the Good Brothers. Basically, they call them uh, a ripoff of the Bullet Club. It's great. Um, I think the AEW main event was actually really well done. Um, we'll see. I mean, last night on AEW, you had AEW uh, Impact Wrestlers and NW. So you had AEW, NWA, Impact, and New Japan all on one show. Um, I've got the ratings here. It's a lot bigger than I thought. Um, Beach Break of edition of Dynamite drew 844 and NXT drew 610. I mean, still one together, million people watching wrestling on a uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night. I mean, WWE didn't advertise Edge until the day of. Uh, I thought it would have been a lot closer, but. I mean, next week, I would expect if Edge isn't on the show, it to be very close to the same numbers. 
especially if Kenta is wrestling, but I don't know if he is or not. I expect there to potentially be the Good Brothers there, but yeah. And I the thing I, is, well, I've always said the numbers would be different if NXT wasn't available on demand later on. Like uh, it's not appointment TV. No, I also don't expect um, in the long run NXT to stay on Wednesday nights. Um, moving to with USA and NBC, well, with NBC Sports giving up NBC Sports, basically, a lot of their programs going to go to USA and stuff. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I would, we'll see what, how this breaks down. You know, I also think once there's live fans, and I think Eric Bischoff said it this week or last week, once there's live fans, you'll actually know what the true numbers are. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to get back to uh, the one thing with uh, what Aaron asked, if uh, Marty Skrull is a free agent, uh, I believe yes, he yes. is uh, still. And that'll be where he goes is the big question because of his background of what got him off TV and stuff like that might have people not uh, from AEW not wanting him, but he would kind of fit in well with this whole bullet club, whatever they want to call it, uh, sort of scenario that they're doing there. But his personal uh, issues could be keeping him away, but then it'd be nice to yeah, send him over to say NXT and you have him with, Somebody like a Damian Priest. Uh, sorry, not Damian Priest, but a uh, Killer Cross and stuff like that. So AEW's openly said they don't want, they aren't going to sign Marty Skrull. They've also said the same thing about Tessa Blanchard, so I don't know if I believe them. But, I mean, I think he signs with WWE. I think WWE's money is going to be too good for some of these free agents. Tessa Blanchard, these are the ones that I can see. Tessa Blanchard, um, Marty Skrull, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Taya Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie. Um, like, those are the big four that I think are out there right now. I think you're also going to find, and this is my prediction, if Tessa Blanchard signs with WWE, uh, her husband, Daga will come in as well because I think that's going to be part of it. Yeah, probably. Uh, Just the last thing with AEW, uh, their next pay-per-view is going to be, uh, as I said, March 7th. It's Evolution. They only have two matches uh, so far announced, and that's Young Bucks against the Inner Circle, Jericho and MJF for the AEW Tag Team Titles. And uh, Team Taz, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, doing what's probably going to be a cinematic match, uh, Street Fight with Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, and so that's coming up as their next pay-per-view. Uh, hopefully next week on Dynamite, there'll be more uh, things leading up to that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not interested in the Darby Allen-Sting versus Team Taz because I'm afraid of what it could become. 
I would like to see it be something, but I'm afraid that it's not going to be good because AEW and they've proven they can't do the cinematic matches like the WWE can. They don't have the um, capability. I also think, um, I really think the Shaq, Cargill, Cody, Red Velvet should be pre-taped, but I'm afraid that. Yeah, exactly. It, it's going to be a shit show. Uh, so, barring any more breaking news, uh, this basically concludes episode number 140 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Steven, is there anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Yes. Yeah, so, I do on TWN Online a series called Slugging with Stephen O'Neill. This week was featuring Von Vertigo, which I think has was an amazing read. Uh, so far, we've had Anthony Kingdom James, Jim Strider, Von Vertigo. This week coming up, Tuesday at 6 o'clock, you'll just have to watch out for who's endorsing this podcast, uh, this new series I'm doing. I think it's a, it's fun. It's unique. Uh, it's, a, it's a throwback. It's, it's not a video. It's a read. It's really fun. Um, I know, Sean, you've been reading, keeping up with them, So and I know you – enjoy them and I, it's just something yeah. unique and different yeah and i've tried to keep things not as standard as you would find so that's on uh cwnonline.ca that's every tuesday at six o'clock at six o'clock ish because um obviously it's one of those things but yeah, so um, have a read. Uh, if there's any um, independent wrestlers out there who listen to us and you're interested, um, shoot Scumbags a message or myself or Sean. Um, he'll get it to me. I'd love to have anyone who's willing to do it. It's 10 questions. I send it to you. You fill it out at your own leisure. You get it back to me. And we get you up on the podcast onto the uh, website. So, yeah, so that's a, a good read uh, every uh, Tuesday. You said uh, it gets released at uh, 6 p.m. Uh, just a couple other things for us uh, on the Scumbags, the wrestling side of things. Tuesday, I mean, Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., you can join us on YouTube and uh, Facebook. And that's Fantasy Warfare Tournament where Jonesy, uh, Stephen, and I break down a 16-person uh, bracket of the greatest of whatever our subject is. This past uh, Wednesday, yesterday, excuse me, yesterday we ended up doing the greatest Royal Rumble winner of all time, maybe, in our uh, view. But without giving it away, it was it a single uh, wrestler uh, event winner like a Chris Benoit, a Hacksaw Jim Duggan, or uh, Ric Flair? There could have been a double winner like a Randy Orton, Edge, Triple H, or uh, Shawn Michaels. Or was it the 
lone triple uh, event winner, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're going to have to go check it out on our uh, YouTube page to find out who actually did come out on top. We compare eliminations, time in the ring, amount of uh, Royal Rumbles they participated in, some of the circumstances of how they participated in it. Was there a return or their final match or anything like that? So definitely we go in-depth history to find out the greatest of whatever our topic is. So check that out. And then Thursdays at noon, Jonesy and I break down a week in history of wrestling. Uh, just today at noon, we did uh, January uh, 29th to February 4th, and that has some Royal Rumbles in it. The main event with uh, the Mega Powers exploding, and you got birthdays such as uh, Jack Briscoe, Ronda Rousey, and much more. So if you're into history, check out both these shows. We dive into history a lot. And of course, every Thursday night at 8 p.m., we're here with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Everything is available on YouTube and Facebook for visual. Uh, this show is available on Twitch. Plus, all of our uh, shows are converted to audio where you can get it on any of your outlets for podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or my major three, but anywhere else, iTunes, you got it. Like, subscribe, and never miss a show. So until next time, I think we are done.